Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. I'm Simon. And I'm Tony. We are still very much knee-deep in tech, and this is episode 101, recorded on the 13th of December. That's Friday, the 13th of December. Does that mean that everything is going to go to use any word you want? Since I was half an hour late to this recording, I've been humiliated by, by both you and Tony off air. Uh, it's raining and I haven't had any lunch yet. So I think this is the first Friday the 13th I've actually convinced uh, on the actual meaning of it. So bringing bad luck. Absolutely. It's a brilliant uh, Lucia dog. Okay. Oh, yeah, Guys, that's too. it's time for the year in review and what a year it has been. I'm going to hit you with some numbers just to see your reactions. We've done 40 episodes. That's actually quite 40 <laughs> episodes since we, we started this year. So we started on episode 60 and uh, we are now at episode 101. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. And then what's even worse is the fact that we have not been able to record every week. So um, especially during Ignite, we recorded a crap ton of sessions. And yep. uh, another number for us, 14, or if you decide to count Patch and Switches too, we've had 15 guests, different guests this year. That's also kind of epic. We've really managed to up our game when it comes to finding interesting people and interesting viewpoints that we just didn't have before. Yeah, we have convinced 15 people that we are worth their while. That's quite impressive, I would say. I would agree. And, and what's even more surprising is that most of them are actually still talking to us. Yeah, exactly. yeah <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I also I think the interview episodes are also usually extremely interesting. I mean, we, we cover interesting topics with interesting people. So who wouldn't want us to do that? It's it's great content, I think. Yeah, and it's good that we have interesting content, interesting people, because we aren't particularly interesting. Oh, speak for yourself. <laughs> no, but I, I would have to agree that it's, it's extremely interesting. And I learn a ton, especially yeah. when it is in interviews with with people with a, a whole different background than, than I have. I, yeah. I've really liked the interviews with Ulrika and Arian, for instance, because they were completely unexpected in, in so many ways. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And it's and really course, cool that we have the possibility to actually do those as well. Yeah, and, and that's a good point as well, because people are actually interested in, in coming on the show. So we've kind of managed to establish ourselves as at least somewhat serious and i think that's a good step forward yeah absolutely and so we also got tony on board this year or was i that was just about to say that yeah. no 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 it's it's this, this, it's this yeah. year so tony came aboard and both of you guys decided to switch jobs yeah so simon's gone to trusic yeah and tony just quit uh, his his job and is moving to greener pastures next year. That is correct. I'm still at Atea, but I've switched things around a bit. So 50% I'm working for the Atea group and trying hard to establish a new um, training framework for uh, the Atea group. Cool. So 
all of us have, have really shook things up this year. Absolutely. What have you more done? Well, I can only speak for myself. I've done 17 speaking engagements this year, which is kind of weird because I vividly remember saying last year that I would decrease the number of speaking engagements 2019. Decrease. And apparently, yeah. Oh, really? Decrease? I had to do it. I'm sorry. Of course you did. So apparently I am not only crap at math, I don't know what increase or decrease really mean either. So probably I will increase or decrease or decrease the number of speaking engagements 2020. That's all I can guarantee. The only thing that uh, you won't be is ceasing. Ceasing? No. No, 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 no. Not in a million years because it's way, way, way too fun. So what's on the docket for your, um, what have you been doing this year, Simon? Oh, uh, <laughs> I've, I think I, I started to think about how many speaking engagements I've done. I only remember how many I've missed. Uh, <laughs> because how of many delayed. you've missed? Yeah, flights been cancelled, delays, oh, right. illness, cancelled events, everything like that. But I think... Like in in the end, I think I've had enough flights. Um, I'm very happy to have spoken at Agile Disrupt, to have been invited there. Uh, Ignite, of course, Microsoft Ignite, sorry for that, was, of course, one of the highlights of my career. Uh, Other than that, I think it's like, it's hard to describe it, but I think that this year have been our first year as MVPs. And I think the community engagement as a whole have been amazing. Like, as an example, uh, if you look at Ignite, and we met uh, Gabor Niers, uh, one of our listeners uh, from the Czech Republic. And we started to talk... Uh, after my Pluralsight course, if I remember correctly, one year ago. And now we finally got to meet up in Orlando. And then I think I realized more than more that we actually have people that care about what we are saying, that um, keeps the community alive, because it wouldn't be much of a community if we didn't have people that uh, came with different perspectives. So to meet our listeners, to meet people that follow us on Twitter, to meet people that we interact with, um, has been my highlights, I would say. And of course, changing jobs. Um, it's great to be back in a more technical role again. Uh, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, because you, you've changed from a more architect's role, so to speak, to a definitely more technical role. Could you speak a bit about what your, your uh, day-to-day work looks like these days? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so... <laughs> my my title changed from solutions architect to technical architect, uh, which basically means that I will be I'm doing more hands-on work. I do more actual designs, not uh, ju- not mixing it up too much with like the entire workplace which I used to do previously. So it's more hands-on. It's more implementation work. It's more designing the technical aspects of what we do while I, of course, remain uh, 
uh, an architect in the, in the way that I still listen a lot to what users need. Uh, I still value the happiness of users extremely high, uh, but it's more hands-on. And like TrueSec works with uh, implementation projects, we do security reviews and follow that up with uh, additional configuration changes to customers' environments. And we also do quite a lot of uh, security incidents, so where we Wait, help out. you do security in incidents. That sounds like an awesome job. Yeah, yeah, we do that as well. Uh, our red team, penetration testing and so on. But what we do is recovery uh, from security incidents or really uh, remediation. So if companies, big or small, have been attacked by someone, they are probably... Um, in many cases, they've lost everything from an IT perspective, and we try to rebuild that as fast as we possibly can while ensuring that the attacker isn't still in the environment. Uh, and that really puts your technical knowledge, your people skills, and your how good you're at managing stress to uh, the maximum. And that's something I've uh, really uh, enjoyed. Cool. What, what you're talking about is is surprisingly close to uh what i used to do as a paramedic yeah because exactly. you, you need to you need to do triage you need to sort out who can be treated what can be treated who needs to be shot and move on from that yeah exactly. <laughs> did you say who needs to be shot i did <laughs> i don't even see why you why do you even react on that isn't that what we you were the one who had yeah, but not as his miracle. role as a paramedic he shouldn't be going around shooting people. It's called offensive medicine. Very, very, very useful. <laughs> that's what oh, you, that's, that's what you practice on your servers, Tony. Offensive oh yeah, I do. medicine. Yep, yep. That's so that's Tony, true. you you've stepped away from Atea after many, many years. And yes. you decided to do something I was about to say completely different, but that's not true, is it? What what where no. are you going and what are you gonna do? Uh, I am going to a company called Singe, uh, formerly known as uh, CLX Networks. Uh, they do mobile engagement stuff, uh, MMS, SMS, I think is pretty much their core business. Um, so they work a lot with platform as a service type of um, uh, things. Uh, I won't be probably involved in that too much, uh, which is probably a good thing. Uh, but I will be doing uh, mostly the infrastructure stuff at the back end uh, with high focus on identity, of course. So identity stuff, infrastructure stuff will probably be my main focus while there. I will be working with Azure AD, of course, since they do use Azure already. Uh, Intune will probably be at least a part of my job in some way or the other. Uh, they also use AVS, as in Amazon's cloud service, which I am not familiar with at all. So that would be probably a nice chance to get to know those things as well, or at least get a little bit of insight in that. Uh, I have been doing um, AD migration as a consultant for this company already for the past six months or so. So I'm pretty aware of how they work today and probably what I can plan moving forward uh, just to try to improve things as much as possible, both for uh, the IT people that work there uh, and also, of course, the end users uh, should have a, a good experience as possible, I'd say. 
And since they have been expanding rapidly for the last years, they haven't really had time to uh, perfect their onboarding process, for example. So there are a few legacy systems around which will need to be dealt with uh, in some way or the other, I suppose. Dealt with. Why do I kind of see you <laughs> in, in my mind's eye with a baseball Dealing bat? with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Offensive medicine, Alexander. Offensive medicine. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Offensive so, scripting. So I will be doing probably a, a lot of the work uh, remotely. So I'm very much looking forward to it and... Uh, uh, first day will be January 2nd, as today was, I suppose, my officially my last day will be December 31st for Atia. But since I have like lots of hours worked in, I will need to try to minimize those before I go. So as of today, I'm actually on vacation until I quit on the 31st of December, officially. Cool. And uh, otherwise, besides that project this year, uh, I think it's been much focus on ad migrations especially so moving from two domains to a new one uh, or just consolidating multiple domains into one which has been the way probably for the last 10 years for most companies but there are still many companies out there that haven't had a chance or time or whatever reason for being able to do that so that has been mostly in focus this year I don't know how many thousand users I have migrated from older ADs to new ones, uh, for example. I lost count, if we if we put it like that. Aren't um, you keeping track? <laughs> nah, I've just deployed really, my 10,141st really. de- machine, so come on, keep up. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will do that uh, 2020 just for you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so identity has been lots in focus, uh, and mainly then being uh, AD migrations. And the next year will probably, at least in the beginning, uh, continue pretty much in the same vein, uh, even though I will be doing corporate IT instead of consulting for others. Uh, but we, we still have uh, a few migrations to go before we are at the finish line. And uh, once that has been done, then it's everything else <laughs> that comes after you have consolidated your identities into one place, then you will have to do everything else uh, around AD, of course. Also known but, as uh, job security. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And there's a lots of lots of exciting things going on and uh, planned for 2020 as well, uh, which I'm probably not allowed to talk about yet. So, uh, But yeah, I'm, I'm, let's just say it. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to uh, 2020. Cool. So, guys, what would you say... And this is coming completely from the left with no no information at all. What would you say was the single most exciting feature or happening or event or something of 2019? That's a hard one. Yeah. I would say that there are many things that have been released that, of course, are super interesting and super cool. But I'm trying to find like what something that really changed something that really is something to be remembered. Was there some feature in, for example, Windows 10 between 1903 and 1909 that you were excited about, Simon? I think that like showing how quick and easy that upgrade is, is of course um, an important feature as well. But and, and th- this will sound like it was rehearsed with someone uh, with bigger biceps than I have. Uh, I think the productivity score 
that Microsoft released or showed at Ignite will be one of the really big changes moving forward. Uh, so basically that you will be able to measure user experience and connect that to like infrastructure parts. So uh, can we see that are we lower our log on times by doing this? Where do we see long log on times? Can we see that users are happy or not with the technology we are delivering? And I think that's something that we have been trying to achieve, but we have never really had the data. It's been too hard to gather that data. But now Microsoft will release a tool that in a very upfront way will show you what you need to do to increase productivity. So I think that that's something I'm really looking forward to. Uh, and there are, of course, a lot of other technology advancements, Windows Virtual Desktop, uh, Microsoft Endpoint Manager, things like that. But as a product that will change the way we do IT, I think the productivity score will be one of the big releases in hindsight. Very cool. <clears throat> I was also thinking about, you know, Windows Admin Center and how far that has come during yeah. 2019 alone. So, I mean, if you if you checked it out, say, in January, compared to if you checked it out in September, the, there's just an enormous amount of updates and uh, little tweaks and stuff they have done to the product, which only makes it better uh, for everyday use. So, I think it's come a long way only during 2019, and I'm, I'm absolutely sure it will continue to do so in 2020 as well. So, a personal tip for you guys, check it out. And I think that also, like, you now see how it integrates with Config Manager. It will integrate with Intune. It will integrate with a lot of other, perhaps, non-server or non-cloud products moving forward as well. So I think Windows Admin Center is absolutely one of your key tools that you need to master. And I can't understand why an organization wouldn't run it. There's absolutely no reason. Uh, it's free. I mean, yeah. it can't get any cheaper than that. And still, uh, especially, I would say, you said you, you can do a lot of other stuff besides, you know, on-prem or cloud. You can do third-party things as well, and that's very much true. But it is also a very good bridge while you are doing hybrid cloud in Azure, yeah. for example. So, I mean, you you can even deploy uh, many of the features in Azure directly with Admin Center, which makes it extremely easy to configure compared to the traditional way of doing things. When you had to, you know, go to the cloud, configure something there, then download an agent, do something on-prem, register that with your tenant, do this, do that, open ports, stuff like this. So uh, that whole type of setup has been pretty much squeezed into Admin Center. But instead of doing all those things, all those steps, you have pretty much like three clicks and you're done. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's extremely easy to manage many of the hybrid features as well with Admin Center. Those, those are very interesting points, definitely. And the more I think about Admin Center, the more I am thinking about, was that the first step, so to speak? And the second and the third step being um, Arc and uh, everything around the, the uh, Azure Stack new offerings? Could be. Well, it, it is definitely pointing in that direction, at least. Yeah, because everything is becoming unified. Everything is becoming 
uh, one single pane of glass for for uh, for management and it really doesn't matter going forward if your stuff is on prem or in the cloud or pretty much anywhere in between and yeah i think yeah. yeah and i think that investment is of course something to also have in mind that microsoft especially show that hybrid is the way to go we shouldn't be forced off-prem but we should also consider how easy it is to actually migrate and be very aware of that some workloads should stay on premises as well yeah oh yeah definitely but you have I all mean, the options it, it's like we were talking about at ignite because just a few years ago microsoft said everything should go to the cloud and nothing should ever be on prem the rest of the world said yeah no and then microsoft kind of got with the program and, and decided to put their money where their mouth is and go okay let's do let's do hybrid and let's do hybrid the right way and voila we have arc we have um, azure stack we have the whole nine yards it's that's going to be super cool and in terms of data, is there anything that excels for you? <laughs> Power up. <laughs> yeah. No. I just got into flow. Well, do you feel properly power automated, punk? No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm powered by something else. Anyway. Well... I've I've been I've been thinking about that and I'm going to go with a very specific piece of technology that's that's the general availability of the Power BI data flows because the Power BI data flows that's really Power Query underneath and Power Query is poised to become the premier uh, transform and load tool in in Azure because the data flows, the mapping and the wrangling data flows, that's one word, by the way, in, in Azure Data Factory, well, that's Power Query. And you have Power BI data flows, that's two words, that's Power Query. And you're going to find yourself using ADF data flows inside of the Azure Synapse Analytics. So it all comes back, it all becomes one single coherent tool for doing and data munging, data preparation, and data transformation, and all that kind of stuff. And the second thing that I think is, is absolutely vital is also something that people really don't think about as much. And I think that's a good thing. And that is the machine learning aspect of things. Because we, all, we, we both have the automatic machine learning, the auto ML, that's available in Power BI. And we also have the very explicit machine learning that Microsoft has increased uh, the tooling for this year. So we can both do a graphical um, design of our machine learning, machine learning algorithm, and we can also do a full super deep code thing using Jupyter Notebooks. So that's, that's also poised to become very pervasive. We're going to see AI and machine learning in, in pretty much everything it's the same thing for for your stuff simon and, and yours as well yep. tony mm -hmm. um 
then you really realize the greatness of it. And we, we will, of course, see so many things where you integrate AI, machine learning, whatever, and it completely destroys something. But I think that when it's such an easy thing to integrate into everything, then we will start to realize the greatness of it. Yeah, and then I, I just saw a, um, an article on this. It's, it's been an 800% in increase in people wanted to uh, study AI and machine learning at the university in, in the US yep. just this year. The spending 800. has increased. Yeah, 800%. And the spending has increased like $1.5 billion this year alone. And yep. do keep in mind that machine learning is still pretty niche. There are only very specific problems that you could successfully solve using machine learning. Not that it keeps people from trying to solve pretty much all the problems with machine learning, but there, there are so many things that we just cannot do yet. But then again, there are so many things that we haven't even realized that we might be able to do. Have, have any of you guys heard about the three-body problem, by the way? No, I'm just thinking that machine learning isn't cheese. Cheese can solve every problem. Interesting comment. So I three... think I, I'm not sure I've heard actually about that, but I'm I'm I can almost guess where you're going with it. So three three body problem is is trying. It's it's an age old problem uh, of um, astrophysics, right? It is exceptionally difficult to accurately predict the movement of three. Uh, planetoids or, or whatever you want to call them, asteroids, three uh, astrophysical bodies interacting with each other in a, a gravitational field. That is, we're looking at insane amounts of com computational power in order to do it. And using machine learning, this was accomplished in a fraction of the time. So for very specific scenarios, machine learning is the way to go. Kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very cool. So what else what has been what have been your highlights from the podcast? Oh, well, I think that should be pretty easy for me. Uh, I think it has to be uh, all the Ignite content we did. Uh, that was just extremely fun, uh, I thought and uh, like I've said before, I think the interviews turned out really great as well, uh, with great topics and great um, interviewees uh, that we got as guests. So I think it has to be that for me, at least. I need to agree, because getting to meet all these amazing people and getting to talk to them and hearing their stories and considering where, where their ideas and, and thoughts and work intersect with ours has been absolutely amazing. And of course, realizing that, yeah, people are listening to the podcast. We are looking at roughly 300 to 1,000 listeners for every episode. And during Ignite, uh, we had a lot more than that. That's quite impressive and a number that we uh, will need to look into more uh, in a, on a later stage. Oh yeah. So I mean, how, how many how many total listeners do you think we've had since we started? I would be very happy if we had ten thousand total number. Fifteen, four, fourteen thousand people. That that's yeah. what we know. 
And then again, we've done 40 episodes, so it might not be so strange. <laughs> but then again, it's hundreds of listeners per episode. And I think that if you put that into perspective, I'm really, really pleased with that. I don't think that neither of us, you and me, Alexander, when we started this, first and foremost, would have believed that we would have kept going for so long. <laughs> no, that, that's a good point. So I just brought up the, the numbers for 2019. We've had 10,471 unique downloads uh, this year. I would like to say thank you to everyone listening to this because this has ballooned. Uh, it has. To something bigger than we thought. And I think we also need to keep in mind how how small our community is. It's it's easy to look at the big, big, big podcasts, but I'm extremely happy to see that so many enjoy what we are doing. And uh, I think we should be really proud of ourselves. Yeah, we've we've done we've done a thing. We've done yeah. a thing, and as you said, we've stuck at it. We yeah. didn't just do twenty episodes and then bust. We kept going, and we are still going, and we have a lot of ideas for next year. Oh, absolutely. So during during Ignite, how how many people do you think listen to us? Oh, incredibly difficult questions. Once again, three thousand people. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So in Closing, it has been an absolutely epic year. I could not be happier. What's your thoughts in, in closing? Happy? Sad? Well, I'm very much looking forward to 2020. And I am also looking forward to keep contributing as much as possible to both the website and the channel, of course. Oh, yeah. We are so, so glad to have you on board, Tony. Glad to be here. Next year will be interesting since we will be at three different companies. We'll also have uh, the customer's view from Tony. And we have the humongous company in Natea. And we have the smaller company in Trusec. And we delivered very different kinds of perspective from that point of view. So I think we um, have uh, a very good 2020 to look forward to and a new decade. Oh, that too. Oh, one thing that actually hit me very recently, if not even today. January 1st, it will be 20 years ago since year 2000. I know it might not be a big thing for Simon, but Alexander, <laughs> I think you might feel it just as much as I do. I mean, 2000 was, it wasn't that long ago, but it's 20 years on January 1st. I hear you. And on that bombshell... It's 20 years since the year 2000. We are getting old and Simon yep. is coming into his teens. Thank you so <laughs> much for listening. It's been a blast 2019. See you on the other side. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.